seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. it here we are here for another episode of the hopeless show and today's theme rohit is pumped a word i love to use because we are going to bring up all kinds of things that we are pumped about but they're going to be hopeless so we're going to have to get pumped about them by actually working through them so that we can be pumped because initially some of them will be not pumpable and before I let you speak, and we're not because, talking about the things we're pumping. Oh, no, okay. no, there's not going to be no, nothing's we're pumping. Well, maybe we're going to get to crypto. So okay. until then, and also have a very special guest who uh, is in a, a brand new TV show called Super Pumped. His name is Mark Gessner, and we will get more into him later. He is a hilarious man. He is. Uh, been in all kinds of uh, amazing shows from and he, uh, the current stuff that he's in is obviously super NCIS Hawaii but those two shows he actually has been in lots of funny things and is really funny even though those aren't particularly funny shows so although I, we don't know yet about super pump because it's not out yet so with that, let's uh, let's get into news from the quarantine. So I've got a couple things, man. I'm bummed about. Um, the first one is that Meatloaf died. Rest in peace, Mister Loaf. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on it before I have a thought? Yeah. Um... My first meatloaf memory was um, the uh, there was some song, some ballad that I remember I used to hear on MTV and VH1 when I was a kid. Um, and um, I don't remember how it goes, but is something I like, I don't know or something. Can you keep, wait, just go into more detail about the story. We need more <laughs> detail. So you don't know. Okay. So. So keep going. So we don't know the song name. We don't know how it goes. You maybe saw it on MTV. Yeah. I'm captivated. Really yeah, it was really good. And I'll always remember him for that. And I know he did lots of other stuff too. Um, and he did that song like that was like, I don't know if it was in Greece or something like that. Um, but Milo definitely made a huge impact. Maybe not on my life, but on a lot of people's lives. And Rowan is going to have to, we're going to have to cut the show short because Rowan is actually one of the eulogizers for Milo. <laughs> so yeah, after that, story, I mean, my phone is blowing up. People want to hear your eulogy of Milo. I just got all of his fans was, following me on Twitter now. You have tons. You have thousands now. You have yeah. millions because millions. of Milo. Yeah. Uh, I, so eulogy which is hard to do after that <laughs> stirring <laughs> emotion stirring an emotional tribute <laughs> um <laughs> i was uh i <laughs> i was <laughs> uh we're not supposed to laugh this much but I, I made rohit break so we 
I found out about the news and I did a tweet um, because I like to do that when people that mean a lot to me. By the way, the song you were talking about is called I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Don't Do That. Yes. Uh, the, the man was in such movies as Rocky Horror Picture Show and Fight Club. Uh, yeah, I confused and... Rocky Horror with Grease, sorry. <laughs> no, I know, which is why your, tri is why your tribute was fantastic. <laughs> didn't know. You didn't, know any, the... <laughs> you didn't know anything about him. I confused that song that I was talking about with, I don't know much. But I know I love you <laughs> by the Neville brothers or Aaron Neville or something. So yeah, I <laughs> that's wrong race, wrong, wrong decade, wrong everything. So um so so my Milo story is slightly different. I was uh and by by the way, Rowan is a professional, he's like that eulogizer, but like for cameo, like but there's a eulogy app and he's gonna just be there to professionally eulogize anyone because as we can tell by his broadness <laughs> he can eulogize anyone um so i went on twitter to commemorate meatloaf and all that he's done and this is what i wrote meatloaf was anti <laughs> meatloaf was anti-vax and died of covid19 this may have been preventable if he got some of the shots because two out of three ain't bad rest in peace and so Rohit, the reason that's kind of that's funny but also nice sweet is because he his big hit first big hit was two out of three ain't bad um i know a joke's good when you have to explain it and so he i did that right so i made that little thing but i i did like him i liked him in his very respectful things. very respectful and he should have had at least two shots if not three but so people immediately jumped on the hate train because I talked, I talked about vaxxing. And so here's what Angela Marie wrote. Tell that to a friend of mine who died from his vaccine and to the others I know who got vaxxed and died from it anyway. Tell that to my brother almost died and isn't out of the woods yet. And his family of six had COVID three times since, uh, since August, 2021 after receiving the mandated vaccine. I, I appreciate her specificity with the month. So that was one response. Another one that stuck out was, would dying with the vax make the vax pushers more compassionate or is the complete lack of empathy stripped of all human emotion just part of the vaccine side effects? That was Edward Thatch with an R next to it circled. So I, which, I don't know what that means, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you insert whatever word you want that starts with an R and is circled. Uh, I, what amazed me is I thought this tweet was, I said, rest in peace, legend, and you probably should have been vaccinated because maybe you wouldn't be dead. I, and then they just go at it. And so I just felt a little hopeless and bummed because Meatloaf died and, and he, he seems like he was a little bit dumb at the end, but he died. And then these people come at me like you can say my pun is bad, but like, geez. And this one woman who just went through the litany of things that people, and I didn't know what to write her. I was gonna have, I had a lot of responses. Like I wanted to, like I said, tell that to a friend of mine and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to say, I'm happy to give me their phone numbers, but some of them are dead. So that's not in good taste. I, I don't know. You can't make, you can't say anything about this, this uh, where it's not just, ridiculed by people yeah and uh, i mean i'll i will go on a limb 
and say that you probably achieved some of what you were intending to achieve because that's a pretty good troll tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got it. Got it. Yeah, got you some. got it. I, I I think that yeah, you you received the products that you paid for. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, but it was well, it was we'll definitely move, we'll move on. Yes, we'll move on because also there was another celebrity death today. Um, the guy from Life with Louie. No, oh, you mean, dude, you are crushing it today with, you mean Louis Anderson. Yes. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's like saying uh, the guy from Seinfeld who started it. <laughs> yeah. You mean Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't know his so, last name. But yeah, so, I died too. So it's been a day of death. Yeah. Uh, we, we mourn all those who died today. And last bit of news from the quarantine. I have nothing to add good about Louis Anderson, except that he was funny. So yeah. RIP to his funniness. And uh, oh, one thing that I just wanted to share, because I felt, news from the quarantine, I felt offended uh, recently when this happened, is I was with a few friends. And for some reason, the conversation got to talking about like, if you've ever, any idiot has ever walked into a door. And I said, I chimed in, I wanted to be part of the conversation. And so I said, actually, I've walked into a uh, glass door before. And uh, I was like in Miami on a balcony and I walked into a door and the, uh, the one friend, she immediately said, oh God, did the door break? And I was just like, wait, you care more about the door than <laughs> me? Like, your immediate, is it like, Aaron, were you hurt? Were you bruised? Like, that must have been really hard. Did people see it? It must have been embarrassing. Were you in pain? She immediately just cared about the door. And I kind of, I got flustered by it. I don't know what you think, but I, I thought it was weird when an inanimate object gets more care from a friend than you. Well, was it a nice door? Yeah, very nice. It was okay. a very nice door. Yeah, I mean, it could have been custom made. And doors are hard to They're... replace. <laughs> oh. Whereas my face is easy. Um, so that frustrated me. That's that's about it. So it's been a busy quarantine. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of deaths and I walked into a door a long time ago and talked about it. So why don't we move to topic one? Yeah, topic one, Aaron, this one. It wasn't my topic one until the news broke because it's kind of got me and the internet up in a twist. And that mm. is the new woke M&Ms. Um, for those uh -oh. of you who may or may not have heard, M&Ms decided to rebrand and redesign their beloved M&Ms characters. Um, and what they did is they, um, uh, they, they, Introduce this press, they have released this press release um, where it says this year, fans of the iconic M&M's brand will see changes in the brand's look, um, including its characters. And here's some of the details. Ah, fuck, that's the wrong page. Yeah, uh, we need to cut around this. God damn it. Roy um, brought his A game today. I clicked the wrong character. Oh, sorry, the wrong article. Um, Mm, sorry, sorry. Oh my god. 
Um, oh man, because this is one of the most hilarious press releases I've already. Uh, I'm I've I'm curious because this is weird. Yeah. Um, this. Oh my god! I should have saved the fucking link. Um, I'm so sorry. I know Mark's got to head out in a second. Um, okay, so this is just excerpts and. So Eminem's iconic characters, six different colored lentils, yeah. each with their own personality, have gotten a more modern makeover for a quote unquote more dynamic progressive world. The redesign is focused on creating a sense of belonging and community, as well as spotlighting the characters' personalities rather than their gender. And <laughs> the most notable changes include the green Eminem's redesign, which will exchange the white heel go-go boots she was given in 97 for cool laid-back sneakers to reflect her effortless confidence. That was a quote. And then the green Eminem will also be better represented to reflect confidence and empowerment as a strong female and known for much more than her boots. Just right after they mentioned that they're not what? gonna focus on gender. Um, <laughs> then Mars added that um, the, the brown Eminem's heels will be lowered to professional heel height. Then the orange Eminem, who has an anxious personality will embrace his true self, worries and all. Um, that means uh, according to orange, According to Mars, um, Orange is one of the most relatable characters with Gen Z, which is the most anxious generation. Um, and then Red, uh, he will has shown bully tendencies in the past, will be more kind. So they just like made these all awful and they, they introduced a new image. And then the internet went off. Um, I, I can, I, yeah. Some of my favorite tweets. I'm just going to read you a couple of them. Uh, losing the voting rights bill and getting woke M&Ms instead feels about right. Um, and one of the M&Ms definitely did something fucked up and this is just their way of quietly replacing them. And, the, <laughs> um, and um, who needs equitable pay, healthcare and voting rights? That stuff is for chumps. What we need is woke M&Ms to carry us through these tough times. And, <laughs> <laughs> Will somebody just tell me which M&Ms I'm allowed to be attracted to? And then another one um, was broke. Only sexualizing the girl M&Ms. Woke, desexualizing the girl M&Ms. Bespoke, cat boy red M&M. <laughs> and another one. Um, two more. I will refuse to buy M&Ms until they make the green one sexy again. And then if we're updating M&Ms, I need the brown one to be even sluttier. <laughs> uh, and making the green m&m less hot is what finally drove me to the intellectual dark web um and there was a thousand uh thousands and thousands of these tweets one more today on fresh air the green m&m newly liberated from her white boots let's lose she talks social reproduction theory how patriarchy and capitalism violently reinforce each other and what a sexy lady m&m says about gender as a construct <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Uh, 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 uh. this actually well i am okay i to go with the theme i am pumped that this exists because <laughs> i i it's almost like to, to bring hope i mean i think it's actually all hopeful because it's funny uh, <laughs> i think that it's almost like someone who works at the m&m corporation that's probably not it. Is it like Hershey or something? I don't know. It's, who Mar it's Mars, who used to be my client. I used to work on M&Ms and I actually helped launch the brown M&M. <laughs> so this is especially well, close to my heart. Well, take that out of your resume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 
I just think it's almost like someone who works at uh, with M&Ms wanted to mess with people with this because it's just so I never even thought of them as gen I just thought they're they're candy and then they have commercials where they like talk I didn't even realize that we could go this deep with their characters or cared but the reactions and stuff it's just it's it's as if there was a parody of our culture today and how people get up in arms and it's almost like it was a pair. It's like uh, Idiocracy, that movie becoming real or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was. It feels almost unreal that that uh, they that I think it's funny that they actually think that people care that much about oh M and M's. We just like eating the candy, and like there's commercials where they promote the candy. Yeah, it's insane. And honestly, like I would have never thought I'd live in a timeline where. First of all, this this tweet is great. Finally, an M and M with mental health struggles. And they got this picture of orange like, ah. and like where we have to like do that to candy mascots. And then honestly, it looks like the Mars corporation consulted the Taliban with how they're redesigning the female ones. And they're like, Oh, make them less sexy. Take away the heels. I'm just surprised they didn't like cover their faces. And like, this is oh. like, this is ridiculous. And I yes. think I'm just, I just, I'm glad it exists. I am, I'm going to hope gong it because I'm glad this existed because I just, I just didn't, I didn't even honestly know that these M&Ms had, had person. I didn't know that they were male or female to begin with. I didn't know. I just thought my, I just learned a lot about M&Ms because I just thought that they were in commercials where they talk and then you buy them because they taste good. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the takeaway of this is that, um, Maybe this is this is the hope, or maybe this is the anti-hope. But the new M and M's are finally the thing to radicalize me. <laughs> That's the one. Ready? Uh, there's the hope gong. Well, we're gonna move from being pumped about M and M's because I sure I'm gonna buy M and M's today. It worked. They're the the. The whole press release and your thing worked. I need M&M's now. I didn't want peanut M&M's today. I'm going to buy a big bag on my way after I'm done with the show. Because you know what? I want the almond ones, actually. Those are even better than the peanut ones. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, oh the peanut butter filled ones. Oh, yes. Mm. Although the plain M&M's are fucking bullshit. That's garbage candy. Like I would rather <laughs> like eat other people's nail clippings than regular M&Ms without shit in the middle. I had that for dinner last night. Yeah. Whether it's pretzel, caramel, peanut, almond, peanut butter, like those are all good. Um, The dark chocolate ones are great. Yeah. But plain M&Ms are trash. Brilliant marketing campaign by them. We're all getting M&Ms. Yeah, exactly. All the listeners too. So now speaking of pumped about M&Ms, we are going to, uh, bring on our very special guest. What's up, guys? Uh, our very special guest. He his credits of of in TV and film run from everything from films like The LD and Living Cemetery to a film to Guest House to the movie Tar. He has done it all. Hey guys, and uh, and here he is, Mark Gessner. What's up, guys? I'm so glad to be here. Hey, Mark. How's it going, Rohit? So, 
So, Mark, we're, I'm going to, uh, like, talk you up a little bit okay. because uh, you deserve it. Thanks, um, besides all the great films I just listed, you are about, you were in, uh, you're in a bunch of episodes, at least two, of, uh, of NCIS Hawaii. Yep. And I think all our listeners are wondering, what is it like to act opposite Vanessa Lachey? Vanessa Lachey's great. She's a delight. She's a super professional, and she's also doing kind of uh, the Lord's work in terms of heading up a show as a woman and as a woman of color. I feel like it's awesome. She's doing a great job. And it happens to be the biggest new show in the world. And would you credit that more to her or you? I think she gets the edge. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like if you're making a, a tomato sauce, tomatoes matter more than salt, but without salt, it's not as good. <laughs> I'm the salt. So you're the salt. <laughs> no, they don't need me. But when I show up, it, I have such a good time. But also, well, and I, without I, you, they notice something's missing. Yeah, the average height drops by about six inches. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Mark's uh, work or what he, he's tall. He's fucking tall. Yeah, I met Mark and I was like, fuck, I don't like when people are taller than me. And I'm not even that tall. I'm just like normal tall. Like, and it's just, yeah, Mark's very tall. I uh, I had I met you at your birthday party and I had an yep. awesome time. I just oh. want to like I want to be very clear. It was an I am, amazing party and it was an honor to have you there. So thank you. Welcome. Every same time next year, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty awesome. sure. I don't think it'll be the same birthday roast. Um, I think that's a once that's a once no. in a, a lifetime thing. Sadly. Yeah, um, you you did get flamed by your friends and loved ones. Yep, they tore me a new one. Um, <coughs> but anyway, back to yeah. you, Mark. Yeah, well, and then uh, another project that we mentioned briefly that Mark is involved in is the upcoming on uh, February 27th. It is going to be dropping on Showtime. Is that the right date? February 27th is correct, yeah. Good. Uh, tw February 27th on Showtime, streaming Super Pump, starring Mark Gessner with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Uma Thurman. In it is. I cannot wait for everybody to see the show. It's going to be such a good show. The writing is so good. And tell us a it's little about so the show. Good. So it's it's based on a book of same name, Super Pumped, uh, which was sort of a uh, deeply researched, well-sourced expose kind of uh, deep dive into the rise and fall of the corporate culture at Uber, including and especially Travis Kalanick, the one of the founders. Yeah. So he had this sort of meteoric rise and then you know, there were several kind of key moments where decisions were made that caused an equally precipitous fall. And that's all in the book. But we get a chance to sort of uh, explore that uh, in a scripted series. So it's going to be really cool. That's and that's the cool thing, too, about this is that it's an anthology series, too. So if everything goes according to plan, and I imagine this is going to be a huge hit because it's just going to be so good. But if everything goes according to plan, then next season, I think their plan is to take on another sort of disruptive, world-changing industry and mm -hmm. write a series about that. So it's it, the, the guy, it's the same guys that did uh, Billions, Brian Koppelman and David Levine, who are two of my favorite dudes in the business and would be my favorite dudes anyway because they're just great guys. And that show is sick. Um, Billions? So, oh, it's yeah, so I love, good. Yeah, I love yeah. Billions. Um, so good. And okay, so this is great. I actually, um, I pitched very unsuccessfully 
to Travis Kalanick once in a work meeting. Um, okay, yeah, cool. So you may have dodged the bullet in. there. Just saying, yeah, Not, go no spoilers, in, but bro, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You may have dodged the bullet there, dude. Yeah, you, you ended up on, on your feet. One. So yeah. Okay. Uh, and Mark, would you say that he, Travis, uh, would? I call him Travis. Yeah, you call him Travis. Uh, sure. would, First name. Is he going to be mad about this show? Um, well, so, yeah, probably not going to love it. <laughs> I think there's going to be aspects of it that I don't think he loves. I also think that, you know, it's a it's a TV show. It's, it's not entirely, it, it's not pretending to be a completely factual account. But I think that it is pretty tight to, uh, pretty tight to the truth. It's like, uh, you know, it's a dramatic story in the book. And then these guys got their hands on it and worked very closely with the, with the author. And it's just ended up awesome. Like when I got a chance to do some table reads prior to actually being cast in the show, I remember reading this and being like, this is like, there's certain, certain scripts that you read where you're like, this is going to be a home run, home run series. And this is, was, this was absolutely one of them. And are you allowed to uh, divulge your character? I play a guy named Gil Harker. Some of the people that are in the, sh in the show are, are cast and actually look quite a bit like the people they are playing. There were real people. I'm sort of an amalgam of, of folks. I played the corporate, uh, the corporate counsel for the Uber company from the very beginning. And, uh, and I, the, again, I can't, I can't say anything uh, that would be remotely spoiling, but I was honored to play a, a pretty pivotal plot role for, for a bit of it, where you really get a chance to see what the corporate culture was like and the good and bad about all of it. So that's as, as, as direct as I can be. That's very cryptic and annoying, but you know what I'm saying. Now at any point, you know, you're, you're in this, obviously you're getting into character. Um, how many episodes is it? Uh, it's seven episodes. Okay. I appear in four of the seven. Okay. So, so, so you're on set a lot, right. And yeah. you're in this world at any point, did it ever cross your mind? You're like, I kind of wonder what it's like to do a full-time business corporate job. Has it ever, or have you ever? I have never done a full-time business or corporate job. I've done full-time restaurant jobs um, because it was always about acting. You know, it was always about trying to trying to keep at least either morning or night free to to try to do some acting work. So I I've never had to do the corporate thing. Thank goodness. I think I would be garbage at it. <laughs> and and to answer are. your question, imagining like dressing like that and going and like sitting in your car and going to the same place, like I would go out of my mind. God, thank God some people are good at it, but I'm not. Yeah, it's it's funny. You can become like a creature of comfort pretty quick. And then, oh, I'm sure. but then days turn into weeks and they blend in with the months and then they blend in with the years. And I think what you and Aaron both do is literally none of your days look the same ever. No, um, nope. And so, no, no, can confirm, can confirm yeah. on that. It is fun, like the the sort of marrying of those two things, because the one thing that you you're you're giving up some things when you when you take a corporate job, right? Because you just said the days blend in, and there's a certain sameness and stuff. But what you get in return for that is a stability that and a and a and an income that you can predict, and you know, built in kind of corporate rises and all this kind of stuff. That's just not the case for for definitely not for me, also not for Aaron. But what you do get is the best of both worlds occasionally if you book like a, a long-term TV gig because you actually know when you're going to get paid as if you're working a corporate job. However, you don't have to work that corporate job. That is my favorite. <laughs> and uh, 
Like, which is basically the long way of saying, I really like to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and working, <laughs> and working is, uh, and then, and yeah. And during the, when the pandemic was at its worst, Ooh. that's the worst part because you're, you're, if you're in the corporate world, you get to work. Yeah. And when you're not, and your industry is completely shut down, you don't. It was rough. Still is rough. I mean, like, I, no, there's still no, necessarily no sense of, of gravity with all of it. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I've been very lucky that I've, I've gotten to work on a couple of things, but, you know, you never know. And if you have noticed during this episode, there were some technical issues with our sound. The reason for that is we have a multi-million dollar studio and unfortunately no one showed up today. So we, uh, we've been recording, you know, Rohit and I have had to do this all on our own. We, because hey! of, because of COVID, because of COVID, nobody, nobody was here to do it except for Mark. Oh, oh, oh and sorry. so Mark is an, what, I didn't know what you were going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Mark is an actor and he, uh, said he could do all of the lighting and all the sound and all the camera and everything. And uh, it turns out he should stick to the job that he does best. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so, so Mark, being the equipment guy, is uh, is only going to last for that right. half of that episode. I, just anything that anything that's stupid that anybody said, or if it sounds shitty, it's my fault. <laughs> yes. That's, so you can attribute the first half of the show's badness to Mark. Yeah. So with that, bad, guys. now now we will continue the interview with wonderful sound. Now that everyone showed up, hey Jose, hey Mark, hey John. So all the people are here. Everyone who runs. Oh, it's John Ham. John Ham's here too, right? Yeah, John Ham just walked Tilt, in. Yeah, and so I think, I, can you, but but Spike Jones left already. Yeah, he fixed the light. Okay, good. Gotcha. Great. Excellent. So now we're set. Um, so where were we with, uh, with, with Mark? We were so, talking about office jobs and, and yeah. And I've been lucky enough not to have to ever really work an office job. And when, I attended a lot of shitty when, bars, when, but I had, you know. And when you think of, of topics to come into after you have a technical snafu and you're like, wow. So where were we with our show? Mm, where were we? Work. Office work. Yeah. Oh, good, good. So just in case people, just in case people weren't captivated before. In a, in a distant corner, the phone goes. Yeah, that's like, it. Hello. And uh, and so well, let's move on from office job topics. Sure? Yeah, I so Mark, yeah. you are also here besides all the great work you're doing and uh, and everyone is going to watch the show. I hope so. Uh February 27th, at least the four episodes that Mark's in. The other ones No, they're all really good. Okay, all of them. Yeah, to be clear, please watch all of them. Um but but Mark is also here because he has some hopeless things on his mind. Oh. And we have to uh, get to them because Rohit and I are here to solve his uh, problems. Oh, one thing before he brings that up too: the show Billions was brought up. Mark was in Billions. He uh, <laughs> has an episode I recommend everyone watch uh, because Mark played a, a character. No, none of his friends. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! But it's none been of out his for friends. Five years. You should have watched it by now. Should, just to be clear. Yeah. Uh, we've never made fun of him for this role. No, nobody. No, nobody. Made... Nobody has texted me every time they've seen it. Because Mar Mark plays an asshole who has to pick up dog shit with my hands, though. Yeah, that was clear, you. On it was in Brooklyn <laughs> along the waterway. Yes. You're the guy with the fucking dog that Paul yes. Giamatti's character is like. Why don't you clean up? He, that yep. was you. That he Holy he shit. like browbeats me into picking up dog shit. Yeah. The, yes. The director was like, "All right, so make sure that you really like let him intimidate you." 
I was like, Paul, Paul Giamatti, the, maybe the best character actor of his entire generation, let him intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, I'll try to get to a place where Paul Giamatti is an intimidating person. Although I will say, Paul Giamatti is not only one of the funniest people I've ever met in show business, but he's one of the funniest people I have ever met in my life. So funny. So, like, collaborative and does bits and, like, remembers jokes you made hours ago and calls them back. Like, like you sit around and joke with friends, it's like, that's his sense of humor. He's so cool. It's, he seems he's so cool. Like, between... Between takes and stuff, he was just like a joy, like an actual joy to be around. I he's, have to say. So, seemed, however cool you think he is, he's he's just as cool. He seems like he's fun because he seems like he's from New Jersey because that's where I'm from. And also, I don't know where he's from actually. And also, I was Brooklyn, listening to. I think. Okay, close enough. I think close he's a enough. New York guy. That would make sense. Um, and also, I was listening to a Ricky Gervais special mm-hmm. where uh, Ricky Gervais was talking about his new pug puppy that he got that he said that looks like Paul Giamatti. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's good that's good Giamatti humor uh, so anyway everyone should go watch that episode of Billions oh, that's great. season one episode Mark uh, is that New Haven guy. Connecticut of course he's from New Haven Connecticut yeah, he's from New Haven Connecticut he's not from New York I'm an idiot um, sorry Paul but everyone should go watch that episode of Billions it's great it's a great episode it's a great to, show to yeah but it is yeah. a great show that was, was a great show. That it's was one of big... those shows where it's hard to pick a favorite episode because they're all at a very high level. That Not every show is like that. I have a favorite episode. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the episode where Mark plays a guy who has to pick up dog shit. That's my favorite <laughs> they made episode. Such, they made that dog shit so realistic that I got physic like I physically retched a couple times because it that, looked so that. exact. Like the guy took... His, he had rubber gloves on and he took a power bar and he held it in his hands until it was all melted. And then he like coiled it around. Oh. And I was like, what are you doing? And he like opened his hands and it looked like a like like dog feces in his palms. And I was like, Bleh! oh God. Oh God. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to pick that up with your hand. So Now's a great time to talk oh. about our sponsor, Power Bar. Um, for that power- energy <laughs> needs, please go to your local Ooh, yeah, cut that convenience out. store. A generic energy product. Oh no, no! They'll have to pay us for a. We don't remove that until they pay us to remove it. Um, So that's how we work with sponsorships around here. I'm I'm gonna leave Um, leave that to you guys. Yeah, that's true. Can I? Uh, While we're on billions, can I? Before we move on, can I just a quick question? Am I an asshole, or are you guys in the same boat with me? That 96 percent of the time, I'm always, always rooting for the billionaire. Over the lawyer. Well, that is, in my opinion, uh, yeah, I don't think that you're... I mean, if they're both so charismatic. It's fun to like yeah. to, to put on the, the leather jacket of a billionaire for a little bit and be like, wouldn't it be fun to be able to get away with anything you want? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, then, it would. on the other hand, they are assholes, and it's nice to see them get taken down a peg. So billions is a little something for everyone. It's like a buffet of awesome... Yeah, and it's, it's on the same network as the soon-to-be-released show on February 27th called Super Pumped. Super Pumped. With Mark Gessner and other people. So, now let's... Yeah, not a solo show, to be clear. <laughs> it's his solo All right, episode. so you want to hear what, what I feel hopeless about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to solve things. All right. So, I understand that there's some very well-worn topics on 
both in society now and probably on this show that I don't feel the need to bring up. We all know COVID sucks. I happen to think Trump sucks. All that. I will tell you a very, it is a political thing that has me a bit hopeless. It is the recent um, failure of the United States Senate to, to change the filibuster rules to create a carve out for voting rights. Voting rights, I'm feeling very hopeless about. Voting rights, it's the key to our democracy. And uh, I am extremely scared of what will befall us if we don't have federal election protection, especially in the 19 states that have overwhelmingly changed their, their state voting laws to, to make it much harder for people of color, for working people, for basically anybody that's not rich and white to vote in this country. And I'm tired and feel hopeless because our politicians are increasingly creating a system that allows them to choose their voters through all kinds of horseshit gerrymandering and these awful governors who are making these awful laws and the awful legislatures that are signing them into law and all of it. I feel hopeless about that. Right. Do you want to do you want to take this? Yeah, I have some immediate um, sort of morbid hope I can give you, Mark. Is okay. the morbid hope is no matter who gets elected, they're god awful people. No matter who gets in office, nothing will ever change. It's always lies and their private interests over the public interest. And I have lost faith in all politicians. I hate them all, not just Trump. I hate them all. They're all liars. And so in theory, sorry, in, in totality, um, the revoting restrictions will not change much because we're still going to have crap. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um. Okay. My, I guess my, my immediate response to that is that um, I can identify things that I, that I dislike about both, both sides, quote unquote, both sides. But to, a, to, a, to uh, in my opinion, they are not even close to equally culpable or equally dangerous with power. One side of this country's politics is actively anti-science, actively anti-woman, actively anti-anybody who's not a white Christian man. And the other side is a clumsy, rake-stepping, step-on-their-dick mess. I'm not pretending they're not. And frankly, they bring, you know, whatever. Uh, Rick Wilson the other day on Twitter said they bring throw pillows to gunfights. And I, I fully think they don't fight hard enough. And I think they're trash. And I think they should be replaced in a lot of cases. But, but I don't think they're the same. And uh, dysfunction is one thing. But active, outright dismantling and malice is a whole other deal, and that's what I think we're seeing from one side. And that makes me feel very hopeless, both because it's the, the kind of moral decay, the like intellectual anti-science decay that goes on in these people's minds sucks so hard, and also the opposition seeming inability to deal with it, partly because of what you said, partly because, you, you know, they also, like, you know, Democrats are also in the pocket of a lot of special interest stuff, too, so... It's really discouraging and hopelessness causing. Well, uh, I have a, I have a few pieces to this because yeah. I think uh, what everyone's saying here is is very hopeless and very true. I do believe because this because <laughs> people are going toe to toe with this issue right now because it is um, getting shot down and then getting brought up again and then getting shot down and now I think 
Biden is going to be moving it around and breaking it apart to try to get some pieces together. And it's become such a part of a, a part of conversation right now. Whereas for so long, there have been two topics. There's been Trump and COVID, like Mark said. And this is becoming a huge topic. I believe it's like two steps forward, one step back. Or in our country, five steps backward, one tiny step forward. But at least you end up going forward. And people are becoming aware of the of voter suppression that is going on more than ever. And more people in this country voted for the ideologies that stand for everyone having voter rights than voted against it in the last election. And I believe that, will it happen today? No. Will it happen um, because people, like for example, someone is, uh, as, as I didn't realize was political at all, Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, which is a very, uh, very backwards thinking state in some ways. And uh, sorry for anybody from Alabama that's listening into this uh, podcast. Anybody that's listening to this podcast in Alabama already knows that Alabama is a backward thinking place in some ways. Honestly, anybody that's. My family. Go ahead. My family is uh, like my aunt was born there and my uncle. It's uh, Dothan, Alabama. I've been to Alabama. I've spoken in Alabama. I've talked about some of this stuff. And I, uh, I mean, actually, I think generally they all they, they say, bless pod- your heart, Aaron, bless your heart, Aaron, bless yeah. your soul. And then behind my back, they talk shit about me. It's perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think anybody that's listening to this podcast is probably backwards thinking anyway. Um, so, true. yeah, it's 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 maybe it's a larger audience problem because they're just like us. Um, but and they all should be. Oh, I but I didn't finish. Yeah, the yeah sorry, Nick sorry. Saban thing. He's been very outspoken about how everyone should have equal voter rights. And this is wrong. And the more people like him do decide because of what's going on right now that they have to voice their opinion, I think that there will be change. It just change. It just isn't going to happen this second because of what Rohit said that there's just money in people's pockets and people are. So Nick Saban is an interesting case because he is he is a massively famous celebrity in the in the sports world, and he is, as you say, uh, I think maybe the highest paid public employee in the state of Alabama. I don't think there's anybody that makes more than Nick Saban. I think he makes like five million a year or some crazy. I don't even, and I also don't think there's anyone more famous in Alabama. Probably not. So he's from West Virginia right. originally. So he wrote a huge letter in the hometown newspaper, I think, to to Joe Manchin telling him that he needed to change his opinion. And Joe Manchin was like, uh, but I don't though. Because, you know, for for reasons that he has... He, he, everything he said is c- conflicting and wrong and whatever. Basically, he's just owned by special interests, and it's so freaking annoying that he gets to call himself a Democrat. Yeah, uh, yeah. hopeless, hopeless about John. Well, here, I, I've got cinema. I've got a little bit of hope for you, and this is actually real okay. hope, not just nihilistic. Is hope. it not just because everything sucks? <laughs> no, no. I think I think it is a bit, right, of, a bit of progress. I think a lot of this stems to um, lack of trust in the election system. Right. Um, I think there's people that feel, oh, you know, people that are illegal, this and that can vote, blah, 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 vote twice. Blah, blah. That, that, the, the odds of that happening, they happen, but not, not very often, not often enough to change the swing an election. And then there's also we've seen that people that were trying to vote for Trump, they voted twice in Florida and certain other places. We've seen voter fraud happen. It's happening. It's happened for a long time. 1950s, they say vote often, vote, you know, vote, vote early, vote often was was a slogan uh, in the Chicago uh, elections. Um, but what I really think is giving me a bit of hope is blockchain voting. 
Now, this is something that we are starting to talk about a little bit more. Now, what blockchain voting does from the time you're at the polling station through the time the vote's counted, it accurately counts and it's spread across all these systems securely to make sure that there's no miscounts, to make sure that all the votes are properly counted, to make sure that they're done in, in, in a proper time. Now, if we were to continue the research and pushing towards maybe even testing some blockchain elections, all of a sudden, we take the big factor, one of the big factors of election uncertainty, right? And all of a sudden, people have more faith in how the votes are counted and in how the, that, you know, people aren't double voting, any of that. If we take away that fear. All of a sudden, I think people will feel more safe in saying, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't need to produce A, B, and C to vote, or maybe you don't need to do that. And maybe uh, using more advanced technology in order to count votes that is, you know, I think is, is it could be an interesting piece of technology. It, it could be something that gives confidence for the detractors of voting rights. So, hey, listen, maybe there is some secure system and if we can adopt that, that's the first step towards making voting easier and making it simpler and making it less of a hurdle. That is probably, Interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it might help, but. Let me ask you this though, because I, I, it occurs to me like the the point of this podcast is to is to stop being hopeless, and I feel like I'm just like going bullet by bullet of what you say and being like, well, here's why I'm still hopeless about that. But that's the point of it too. All right. Is, uh, is, well, uh, though, to... then, then my answer to that immediately is that it's not the people's lack of confidence in in the election system to the extent that it exists and is not just a full on bullshit narrative spun by the right wing media ecosphere, which is what it is. So like all these stuff, like people, people, the people that are, are worried about election security are not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, their worries are not going to be assuaged by crypto bro type stuff. I'm not calling you a crypto bro, but I'm saying, but I like, am. well, then I then call yourself that. <laughs> but, but my point He's is a crypto the, ho. people are not actually worried about election security. The 2020 election was the most secure election in the history of our country. The most there were. There were 58 cases of voter fraud in a, you know, and however many hundreds of millions cast or whatever it is. You know, it's like it's hilarious. It's you have you are more likely to get struck by lightning than be guilty of voter fraud, et cetera. And when it ever does happen, it's usually on the Republican side. So voter fraud is horseshit. It's just a pretext to use to change all these laws to surgically remove people from the rolls who they know are not going to vote for their policies because they know their policies are shit. One thing you can at least say about the, about the Democrats, as annoying and dithering and useless as they often seem, is at least their policies are broadly popular because they help huge amounts of people. Now, they do it inefficiently, and they do it in the dumbest possible way sometimes, and I will concede that all day long, but that's just a policy difference. The difference with the Republicans are all about money for the for the wealthiest and corporations having no regulations, and that's all they give a shit about. Oh, and no abortion care. That's That's it. That's the only yeah. three things that they give a shit about. Everything they've done for the past 50 years has been around those three things. So it's, you can't have an argument in good faith with a side that is entirely bent on tearing it down and stripping it for parts, which is what they're doing. They're doing it actively as we speak. And well, then, it's fucking depressing, and it makes me feel hopeless. Well, then maybe the hope ah. is this. And sorry, I'm going to try one more on Aaron, then, then you just jump yeah, in. But, um, yeah. I, and I think no it hits promises. on what you said earlier. Hit, what, hit, hit on what you said earlier. But you're right. The Democrats are 
extremely terrible about having focused communications. And I think the art, maybe if they messaging. can find a way to solve the messaging is trash right now because the messaging that the Republicans are putting out, it makes a lot of sense that literally every country we compare ourselves to or the Democrats, you know, say, hey, listen, this is what we can be more like, whether it's Sweden, Canada, um, Germany, you know, a lot of great like Switzerland, you know, places with great like Austria, all these places that have amazing like socialized health care. They have they really are doing a lot of things that we need in our own country. Every single yeah. de developed nation has has voter ID. We're one of the only nations on the entire planet. India does it with over a billion people. We're the, one of the only nations on the planet. And if and if maybe the Democrats are able to then pivot their messaging to not saying minorities dumb, they can't go to get IDs, but they were able to more eloquently put it, maybe I think that would be enough to push. But I think right now, well, I don't think that's the messaging. Democrats' message though. No, that's it's, not the, their their message about voter ID is not that the minor the minorities are dumb too dumb to do it. They're saying that it's intentionally onerous. In a county that is predominantly African-American, for example, in the South, that they have one DMV in the entire county and it's mm -hmm. an hour and a half away or whatever it is. And you can't give up an entire day to go stand in line at the DMV so you don't vote. That's not you not wanting to vote or being too dumb to figure out how. That's them deliberately putting roadblocks and, and a de facto poll tax in place to take away your right because they know that you're not going to vote for them because you never have. And I think so that's the truth. About you that, and that is the truth, but that is not the message. And I think that I think that gives the opportunity for the message to be. And I'm not speaking as myself as my personal beliefs of any of those things. And I, but I think it's just it's what the pop culture sees. It's what is being marketed. And I think that there's a huge opportunity to really correct that message on a broad scale versus it have to be you know be something that's discussed on a podcast. That's you know that you know is is. So I think that my hope is the messaging can get better because the truth is there. It's lack of access to resources. And maybe if someone can push on something, hey, you'd free universal IDs. We don't. And then then it's almost a gotcha to the Republicans. Hey, listen, we're going to give everybody yeah. free IDs. We're going to hand deliver them. We're going to make sure everybody is accounted for. Then what, what do you have, Republicans? What is stopping you? And I mean, that's like the vote, the, the bill they just voted down had all kinds of stuff in it to beef up election security and infrastructure. Yep. The Republicans don't give a shit. They don't yep. care. They can't. They are, they are completely obstructing and they don't they're not interested in governing. They're interested in power. And I don't think those are the those are not the same thing. So there's one piece that I think that I'm getting hope from in this dearth of of an existence that I feel I'm in now because of this conversation and how sad I feel. My bad, uh, bro. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're here. We're here for this. And luckily, when the show is over, there's a bridge down the road. <laughs> oh shit! That's uh, so <laughs> the to cross over toward a brighter future. Toward a brighter future, which is where we're going now. Because I'm listening. The messaging thing is true, Mark. You're, yes, you're in such upcoming shows as Super Pump. Uh, starting J February 27th. That's correct. And on Showtime. On Showtime. And you just explained the problem in a way that nobody on the news is explaining the problem in a very concise, like one minute PSA about the hour and a half drive and the one DMV and why this is just blatantly unfair. Whereas many of our politicians, like Rohit was saying, don't go into it. They just get mad at the other side instead of saying, okay, you are foolish with everything you believe and I think it's racist and this. Fine, put that aside because you're not going to change that. But what you can do is change the direct description of the problem. And what you just did, which maybe this is a, 
you know, this is also an audition for you to be the <laughs> do the PSA for this problem, and which would be cool. Then we'd like have a big success story. That's a lot of hope. big success story from this show is that you got a big gig as a PSA as the as the as PSA an election security PSA PSA, PSA guy is we hey, need... it's Mark again. <laughs> I'd uh, like to talk about hanging chads. <laughs> <laughs> and it is not. It ain't much, but it's honest work. It's uh, <laughs> honest work. Yeah, Go honestly, vote. I think, Go and vote. I, yeah, and I think, honestly, this is, this is don't tell me, teach me. And I think that is the right way to get people, to make people feel smarter and make them feel educated. They will come to the right conclusion versus the hateful rhetoric and just kind of like the, the dumb things that are being said. Um, so yes, thank you, Mark. That was great. And I know, You're welcome, man. And I, I love this and I, I wonder, and you know, we might need to cut this out, but I know, I don't know, Mark, if you have to go soon, but maybe it's fun if we move on and Mark plays on hope in 60 seconds and some of these, or do you want it to you know, keep it that Mark? You probably, I don't know what your schedule is. But um, uh, what, it's fine I don't know do. what we have. Like asked. we have like fifteen more minutes, and he wrote was saying you could play on the last couple. Things. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay. Okay. Good. I mean, if you want, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Aaron, so, Aaron, are you cool with that? Or would that break rush. the flow? Or no, no. I want to. I'll tra- I'll transition with all okay. of this. Okay. Um, Tim, yeah. And, please cut around and, that. <laughs> yeah. So, really, what we have done, why, why we bring guests on the show, is to get them more work. <laughs> and and so the whole point of this whole thank you yeah the thank yeah you're welcome the whole point of this bit was so that Mark could audition and we are getting texts and calls and rotary phones are hitting us up saying that Mark will be the spokesperson for voter rights to explain it better to people who don't understand what they are for or against in our current uh, system of voting. With that being said, Mark has also done a great job on the show. He's auditioned well with his uh, quote-unquote segment that he thought he was doing, but <laughs> is now going to stick with us for the end of the show because he's done so well in that audition where we were deciding if we wanted him to continue on this show That's or even so include exciting. him in the show to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's too Mark, late now, though. I think I'm in enough of it. It's going to be rough to cut around. Yeah, so he's going to continue as we, we have a few more uh, topics with our Hope in 60. So we're moving on to a, a quick sports update. Oh, yeah. And very, very curious what the points of view are here. Because this season, the 2022 MLB season, if it happens, which it will, they uh, in AAA are going to be using robot umps. Ugh. There will no longer be umpires behind the plate calling balls and strikes it'll be Wait, robot not just umps. test games like the whole season the whole triple a season so not the big leagues but the triple a season and obviously we know where this is headed i personally feel hopeless about this because i love umps i love when like some people were tweeting about it saying good now we won't have to worry about angel hernandez i love worrying about angel hernandez he's a terrible ump terrible but it's exciting to watch him make dumb calls that affect the game it just it's an added layer to the game of it it's it's a uh, yes it's part of it's like a donkey kong stone you have to jump over is an angel hernandez out (laughs) it's clearly safe yeah and plus replay has taken most of the shit he fucks up anyway yeah yeah yeah, unless he's behind the plate he can he can mess up a game behind the plate wow he can, but I feel I want umps. I like I can I can I 
is it all right, Rohit? Would you mind if I I have a hopeful message for Aaron? Yes, but before you get is to hope, I works? want to add more hopelessness. Oh. Yes, I want you to tap it. I want you to tap that <laughs> yeah. in, right? I, because because I don't want to bring hopelessness after you bring hope. But I'm gonna add a but just like an argument because for for what Aaron's saying because I think that. Every ballpark is not the same. It's not like it's not like basketball where you got the exact same dimensions of a court. You got all that, right? Like different fields are different. Weather is different. And even the umpires have different strike zones, right? You play according to the conditions. You play according to the crew that's going to be behind the plate, right? And I think that's just part of the variables. And I think the replay addressed a lot of this. And also seeing umps like do their cool like, ah, you're out kind of shit is great. So this, I'm also hopeless, Aaron. And now we're going to turn it over to Mark to somehow bring okay. us some hope. Okay, I have two extremely, I think, one big one, one slightly smaller, but still big, like us, Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, things about this. Number one, uh, we are talking about organized labor here, too. Let us not forget. The umpires are in a union. The umpires union is very strong. The umpires union finally, after decades or whatever, was willing to do the replay thing. The umpires union believes that they have done enough, and the the... There's no way that the product you get on a television screen will be good enough, fast enough, without those guys playing. So they have all the cards, in my opinion, the umpires do. Hmm. Good, bad, indifferent, they have all the cards, right? The The union is, is there to protect all members, including C.B. Buckner and Angel Hernandez. Like, Unfortunately, no more Joe West. Oh, yeah, what a drag. <laughs> Fucking Joe West, get out of here. Uh, oh, I'm so glad he's gone. Um He's such he, a bad umpire, dude. And he would just make every every game would be about himself. But that but the point is, I don't think you should get rid of baseball. Joe West. I don't think you should get rid of Joe West. I think that you should uh, realize that Joe West sucks and kind of shrug. That's the first thing. The second thing is, baseball, and this is the big one, baseball is so resistant to any kind of change, right? It's so <laughs> resistant to any kind of change. The the DH is still something that old guys at bars will get in full on fights about, and that's been the case for decades, right? Baseball is Fuck the a DH. big. There you go, another county heard from. That's fabulous. So here, but that's my point is that you have everybody like baseball refuses to be changed. So the robot umpire thing in the major league level will never happen, in my opinion. It will never happen because. The umpires are not going to allow it, and nobody wants it. Players don't want it. They'll complain all you want. Yeah. They'll, co they'll complain all they want about how shitty the umpire is, but if you say, well, would you rather have a robot strike zone? They're like, God, no. Pitchers don't want it. It's part, like Baseball is a social game. It's a game of, of long-term vendettas and and arguments and all kinds of, you know, like, oh, he's hitting him with the ball because of a dust-up they had two years ago when the other guy was, was with Texas or whatever it is. Baseball is about bitchy people shit and robots are terrible at bitchy people shit robots got i'll tell you what i'm bitchy people i'll shit. tell you what i don't have a hard on i have a hope on <laughs> <laughs> just a real veiny triumphant hope on yeah. ready is that the, the hope we gong? hope gonged it hope gong we just hope yes, gonged it that was well it. done thank you i feel a lot of hope now yeah. i cannot wait for the 2026 baseball season. Yeah, as our country come back. slides into authoritarianism, at least we'll have baseball. <laughs> yeah, at least we'll have baseball. Ro as we Republicans will try to chained. put the, the robot umps in, though. You know they do, because they're trying to make Republican uh, like like uh, the robot street dogs and shit. The police dogs. Ump suppression. Yeah, ump suppression. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it. This is truly how uh, RoboCop starts. 
It's not with the police force. It's with umpires. Um, yeah, it is with umpires. Uh, f- re- Do you know who Sarah Benincasa is? She's very. I don't know her personally, but she's very good on Twitter. She's very funny. She's a writer and she's acted in a few things, but she's very, very good. Very good writer. And she has every now and then will post a picture of herself on Instagram holding a mug that says, "Remember that time uh, RoboCop shot that dude in the dick?" And she's just like (laughs) smiling and holding this mug. And it just, I don't like. I said I don't know her, but she is somebody I imagine I would be very good friends with because of that type of a picture alone. That's funny. That's a good one. Wow. Yeah. That's great. What a mug. And uh, so, speaking of mugs and being pumped, because I am pumped now for baseball and no robot umps. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And so speaking of all of that, we are going to move on to our BTS segment. As you know, we are the biggest fans of the K-pop group BTS. We just, when we started the show, didn't know any of their music or anything about them. But... We are huge fans and have grown to know a lot about them because they do great things for the world and for civilization and humanity. Now, Rohit, Mark, can you guess what BTS, the impact BTS had on someone this week and what that person's reaction to BTS was? Can I guess what? So they did something. They had a great impact on a person. And I'm supposed to guess what that impact was? Or what, or what that person felt that impact was like. Oh, I see. Um, I would imagine somebody say, saying, like, if BTS did something great for them, that they would feel like, uh, I don't know, that they had been healed by them or that they were, I don't know. Like, BTS, have they have, like, a kind of a messianic quality to people. People, like, go hard in the paint for BTS, right? So I would imagine oh, yeah. it's some godly thing. Like, they felt like they were touched by God or something because BTS, like, sent them, you know, money for a vacation or some shit. That's a great guess. It's incorrect. There's no way that's a great guess. That's a terrible guess. That's not what it happened. Uh, On its face, it's a garbage guess. (laughs) Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, So anyway, thank you for being on the show, Mark. I'm so glad that you were here. I'll see myself out. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for giving us your time. Uh, We will. No, no, I have tons more. Should I stay? Do you want me to do more guesses? Oh, no. We're running out of battery. Oh, no, our battery. Oh, oh no, all the crew left. Oh, no. Times. Where's Jose and George? <laughs> yeah, Jose and George are gone. Uh, <coughs> Rowan, so do you have a better guess than that? Uh, actually, I mean, honestly, that was that was a good guess. Good luck with a, trying to find a better guess than that, Rowan. <laughs> unless, okay, unless the guess, my guess is only that this person works in the Korean government, and what made her happy was that BTS is adding $5 billion a year to the South Korean economy. Um, is that it? And she's happy about that? No, it's not a good Does she get- think that BTS is like a like a COVID vaccine? Okay. You're on to something. You're on to something no, here. Not. You're on to something here. So now I will I will tell you the answer for what happened. So there is a, a person. So- <laughs> oh, apparently a celebrity named Ashley Park. I don't know who Ashley Park is. And she said that her reaction to BTS was so strong, it felt like she got COVID. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it felt like she got COVID. Her reaction <laughs> to BTS was so powerfully strong. <laughs> she saw like like a dance move and couldn't smell all well, of a sudden. That's a good again. You're 
you're on to something. <laughs> but luckily, luckily, Ashley Park gave us the exact reason why, okay. which I will, will say to you all. Uh, so her dreams came true after she saw BTS on Netflix. And the whole rest of the day after they posted what they posted and stuff, she was like, she felt like her body was in shock. Her sinuses, her head. She said, I've never had this experience before. I've never been fangirled to this extent. Park then had a, a realization. She woke up the next day and had to take a COVID test for something because she thought maybe she got COVID from her reaction to BTS. She was in, as she said, such a fog. <laughs> so that. Uh, so it, she got COVID, right? She didn't have COVID. She had BTS. Ask your doctor. Do you have BTS? Do you have BTS? <laughs> Symptoms include losing your taste and smell because of BTS. Because of BTS. Getting the fever and chills because of BTS. Because of BTS. Yeah. Going to a large crowded place contracting COVID and getting COVID and blaming it on BTS. BTS. But then also being happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Roy, what do you think? Because that, I mean, that blew my mind. That was the craziest BTS thing I think we've had yet. Is that uh, someone compared BTSing to COVID? Here's my it's, takeaway: uh, Homegirl has Omicron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. Yes, Rohit, yeah. she does. Also, I will say that if you you can check the Google uh, search results of uh, like if you, not Google search results, but if you look at um, one star reviews of Yankee Candle products. They go up precisely with COVID COVID numbers. So people's main complaint is they buy some god awful, you know, smells like reef farts, and they open it up <laughs> and smell it, and they're like, "This doesn't smell like anything." One star. This I got this, and it doesn't smell like anything. And people are like, "Uh huh," because you have fucking COVID. <laughs> so it literally goes up perfectly next to each other, like same zigzags on the way up, same zigzags on the way down. Dude, One we star went reviews. To COVID cases. We went to a restaurant uh, two weekends ago for my friend Samir's birthday, and it was um, it was like an Asian Southeast Asian restaurant, and they had like the little chilies next to the dishes, and one of them had three bolded chilies, and it's like they're like I was like, is it white people hot or brown people hot? And they're like, it is really hot for even brown people. I'm like, great, but they're like, I wouldn't order it today. The waiter said he's like he's like the last table to order it said it didn't taste like anything, and I'm like. I was, he's like, so it must be something with the spices. I'm like, no, they had COVID. Nope. And the guy's like, oh. <laughs> so, at this yeah. point, at this point, yeah. we're two years in. Okay. At this point, especially with Omicron, if you have any symptoms, anything, you probably have fucking COVID. Yeah. I feel like I know more people with COVID than without. Uh, You've got the COVID. Those people with the three bolded chilies not tasting like anything, the fact that they needed to be told or that the waiter needed to be told the waiter of all people needed to be told is a uh, well that makes me feel hopeless um okay so we're gonna move on <laughs> yes yes so we're, we're gonna move we're gonna move on to hope in 60 seconds so mark in open 60 seconds i'll do the first one and okay. we'll, we'll uh we'll let you do the second one i uh we will be answering we will get read uh, a hopeful, a hopeless problem, and we will answer it within one minute. We have sixty seconds, so one minute. Whatever you think of to answer the hope, hopelessness. Yeah, and awesome. you have, the, and, like and, and, and again, one minute. One minute. Hope, it's hoping sixty seconds. Sixty seconds is a minute. So you lost. Yeah. So okay. generally, well, uh, Aaron and I will take one each. We'll take this first, let's say, twenty to thirty seconds to explain it, and then the remainder of the time you get to solve it. Got it. 
All right, yep. so I'll go. I'll go first. So, Roy, are you ready to uh, pound one out? Going. For me? <laughs> and Roy, get here and ask you a question. <laughs> and let's do this. <clears throat> it's your topic. Oh, they said you were okay. Okay, yeah. So let's cut that. All right, and let's start this. Was, okay, I'll, 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 I have it. I have it ready to go. Mark and and Mark, here, this is seventy episodes in, and he's okay. Yes. Cool, you guys are doing great. So I'm yeah, excited. here we go. And starting one minute. So according to reports, um, two cops were fired from LAPD after they failed to respond to the report of a robbery because they drove off to hunt a Snorlax in Pokemon Go. They appealed and said it wasn't okay for the squad car recording them, uh, recording to be used against them. They lost. Bring hope. I'm with the cops here, man. Pokemon is important. And you have to understand that some people, there's a job and then there's real life. And in these cops' cases, officer, these officers' cases, I believe that they, their duty at the time was to hunt the Snorlax. And yes, there were people in danger. Yes, there were problems going on in the city. But there are things bigger than one, was it a robbery? One robbery. There's Snorlax to be caught. Okay, so the, so the hope is that they're teaching us about friendship and activities? Yes, and okay. life, life beyond the job. Okay, hold on. I, I think I don't understand the rules, guys. Is, am, I, am I arguing for the absurdity? Well, I think Aaron You're took telling that the truth. You're, you're yeah, telling your yeah. truth. We're going to give you the okay. next one. Aaron took that one um, because, okay. yeah, that was his version of hope. I, I, guess the- I don't agree with Aaron. <laughs> I mean, we'll give you an extra. So I'll tell you what, we'll give you an extra. We'll give you an extra thirty seconds for you to have your own retort, since there's two of you. And okay, starting now. Okay, so policing is an agreement with the community that you police. You're agreeing to do things the right way, and in return for that, you're getting trusted with a gun and a badge. If people start playing video games and not responding to the actual few things that American police do every now and then for the companies that they or for the. Uh, for the communities that they police, if you're not doing that, then you're losing the public trust and it's very bad. Those people should not be cops. They should be doing some other job where they're not in charge of people's very livelihoods and lives. Thank you. All right. So well, that was beautiful. To conclude, well, but, but I thought it was a retort. Uh, oh, yeah, you did. You did do a retort. You did a good so job. I, I'm hopeful that they were fired for being grossly negligent on their job. I'm very hopeful for that because police are not held accountable for anything in this country. So when they occasionally are, it's a cause for celebration and maybe it will bring about more accountability in the future. There, Respect. I'm very hopeful about that. I, I will take hope from both of yours. One about fun and friendship and the other one about re- accountability. And I think they both bring me hope. Um, yeah, so, you just, you're just, you're, just uh, you're on it, man. All right. And what, let's go. Uh, just because... I, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, we we might differ in opinions. Like, I'm more about love and friendship, and you're more about, like, justice and society and being, ru- and you know, what should happen. <laughs> and I'm okay. I, I'm more about, <laughs> about it. You're, you're, you're running on a platform of cops should be able to play video games, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. Which, honestly, hey. in Alabama, it would probably win. Yeah, totally. Listen, blue video there. games matter. Um, oh, so. Jesus Christ. I am going to now start the other one, and I'm this one's. I'm going to give you guys more time because I'm not. I don't need the whole thirty seconds to start mine and go. So, um, California is sitting on three hundred fifty million dollars in unclaimed bottle deposit funds thanks to recycling deserts. Uh, right now, California's bottle deposit system is in a downward spiral. Currently, only sixty-eight percent of bottles and cans are recycled, due in large part to a closure of recycling centers from across the state. Bring hope. This Mark, is me. Yeah, go for it. 
Um, okay, first of all, it, it worked. what we're really talking about here is climate change. We're really talking about petroleum-based products that last for 50,000 years on this planet, and it's bad. Recycling programs are there to incentivize people to recycle. You get money for your, for your five cents for your bottle because you, they want you to recycle, so that's great. What we really need to do, and I hope we do, is find ways to repurpose that plastic because it's going to be here anyway. So what if we made nets out of the plastic to catch more plastic out of the ocean or make it into freaking, I don't know, make it into sunglass frames and all this kind of stuff. If we can take plastic and find a way to recycle it in a way that is efficient and good for the environment, it could actually help re reverse some awful parts of climate change. And I and, will uh, take just it. To, Go ahead, Aaron. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Yeah. And starting now. I think we need to put Snorlax characters at the recycling places so that we can... No, then the cops will show up. That's the point, is oh. that the good friends who are cops, just like they were such They're a... like, everybody freeze! Oh, wait, we should recycle while we're all here. You're all... Exactly. Just yeah. like those awesome. good cops. Awesome. Those good cops who ignored... Do we sort these whites <laughs> and colors? How do we do it? Dude, this isn't a white or color thing. Oh, Jesus. I meant, like, the plastic. The point is, Pokemon... <laughs> yes, it's good. I love that. I love a good right, callback. And actually, I'll sum that up. Here's where my hope came from, from the two of you guys. Actually, it's in combination. I think we can use technology and innovation and as a way to find people find way interesting ways to use this plastic such as the net so if california was to take some of this unclaimed bottle deposit money that they have set aside for these types of things and actually turn it into funds for startups to do things with this, these bottles idea. and plastics mm -hmm. boom there we go idea. that um, is the kind yeah. that actually no bullshit gives me a great deal of hope because that is precisely the public and private partnership thing that people are constantly trying to push and that would actually really be a perfect example because literally companies can't make money if everybody's dead people can't buy stuff if they're dead so, and do you I'm see gonna, like yeah, the? This, that was also, good. They should just not be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah not. Well, we don't want death. Yeah, but Rowan, that you nailed it. That was that's the. That's a great idea. That's the that's the best idea of these ideas. Um, but yeah. with and I Pokemon. think sometimes. Yeah, and I think sometimes you know it takes three morons to kind of like get their heads together and come up with a good idea, um, and mm -hmm. and I think every now and then, and you know, for new listeners of the show and even old listeners alike, you'll know that Aaron and I we've been talking about hope for two years now, and every now and then a bit of hope is actually fulfilled. And our final segment is something that we call hope fulfilled, where we bring up something that we have talked about. And we have found ways to bring hope. And you know what? Sometimes it does actually come to fruition. Aaron, would you, can I take us through our hope fulfilled? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for this. Yeah. And, so, uh, and, and we're sorry, we're going to get to submissions next week, just so, just as a, yes, we, we will yes, get to yes. the submissions next week. That is a good interjection. Yeah. So thank you guys for all your, your, your letters and your tweets. Um, but we are running a little bit long today, so we'll close it on this. And Aaron and I, we always talk about cancel culture and we, you know, and kind of how we don't think it's a great thing because primarily two of us are targets to probably be canceled at one point or another. <laughs> now, um, we, you know, we're always kind of trying to talk about speech and everything, but something really interesting happened. Uh, because Pope Francis is the latest critic of cancel culture. And in a speech he gave to representatives really? from 183 countries, he says, cancel culture is invading many circles and in public institutions. As a result, agendas are increasingly dictated by a mindset that rejects the natural foundations of humanity and cultural roots that constitute the identity of many people. Under the guise of defending diversity, it ends up canceling all sense of identity. 
the risk, this risk silencing voices that defend a respectful and balanced understanding of various sensibilities. The Pope also said that cancel culture is a form of one-track thinking that wants to rewrite the past through a modern-day lens. And he warned that any historical situation must be interpreted in accordance with hermeneutics of that particular time. He concluded his attack on cancel culture by saying, diplomacy is called to be truly inclusive, not canceling, but cherishing the differences and sensibilities that have historically marked various peoples. Last week, the pontiff made headlines by criticizing people as selfish who choose to own pets rather than have kids. And that's how the article <laughs> went. <laughs> Sounds like two different articles there. Yeah, well, but it was just really great. But like, they just, like the whole thing, and there's the one line at the end, by the way. That's, no, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we kept that, be- that beautiful speech off with the last line. That's key. yeah. It's like it's like saying it's like saying he had something extremely strange for lunch. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like a non sequitur completely, and also makes you kind of curious. But like you're like, what what was this article about? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of cancel culture, the sloppy Joe I had today yeah. gave me parts. Oh, yeah. Sloppy Joe, was so <laughs> yeah. good. But that, I, that was also can I political... can I ask yeah. a question? Yes. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt the flow, but I just or it's not even. <laughs> this is more. This is more of a comment than a question. He said from the back of the fucking book reading. But I, I wanted to say that, in my opinion, hope is a verb. Hope is a discipline, right? It's not just a passive thing that you, you, you know, kind of prefer to find. I feel like it's something you got to go after and get. So one, one thing that I would say is, like, you guys talk about bringing hope and stuff like that. But the very act of this podcast is, is trying to, in an affirmative way, create space for hope to exist. Because hope is a gentle thing. Hope is a... Um, is fragile if you, so it has to be fortified with other things like determination and consistency and honor and integrity and all that kind of stuff and i feel like that's something that this podcast does because i definitely don't agree with everything that either of you say but i definitely appreciate you bringing me on to say the things that i think and well to listen to what you think i feel like it's you good say thing. words good you yeah say words good. no that was thank you mark that was that was beautiful and uh we are glad that you stayed on for the whole show because we let you. And part well, of the, I auditioned. You auditioned, fair. and and part of no, but and and one of the reasons is we had faith that at the end you would deliver a beautiful speech like that, and and that's why we're here. We're here to to work through the tough topics. No one agrees on everything. That's another piece that uh, in in this roll tide. That no one agrees on everything. That's how I end my stuff because I like the non sequitur after I say something nice. Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe. So thank you for being on. You're we are constantly striving to bring hope and have open discussions, open dialogue, let free speech reign so everyone's voice can be heard. And thank you for bringing your voice to this podcast. Mark can be uh, give a plug for where people can find you. Oh, uh, if you're a social media person, I'm at the Gessnerist. G-E-S-S-N-E-R-E-S-T on Twitter um, and at Mark Gessner Picks, P-I-X on Instagram. That's kind of where I hang out at. And uh, you, what's your OnlyFans? <laughs> My OnlyFans is um, Big Hoss 6969. Because Big Hoss 69 was taken and Big Hoss 696 was taken. But luckily the double 69 was not taken. Big Hoss 6969. Oh, man. It, I would you have to be into like, like saddle stuff. I would have, see, I would have named it like something like Take It In The Guess. And or something like that because it's like memorable, but yeah, W E R K, yeah, and it's just me like looking back over my shoulder, yeah, that's good. So you can find Mark on all those platforms, Chef's Kiss on all those 
platforms. And again, February 27th, watch uh, Super Pumped on Showtime. Oh, March 14th is my uh, next episode of NCIS Hawaii as well on CBS at 10 p.m. Yep, March uh, Eastern time. March 14th, next episode. So Mark is uh, is doing a lot of great things, and thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And guys. until next time, and again, apologies for his lack of ability to d- use equipment correctly. Yes, to be clear, that is entirely my fault. Yeah. But until next time, I'm Aaron. He's Rohit. This is The Hopeless Show. Thank you for listening, and Godspeed to everyone. Yes, stay hopeful. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue, it won't.